So it has been a busy week last week, and it's a busy week for this week for for me at work. And uh, oh my, trying to uh, work in the business of uh, um, providing flatware and uh, tableware, glasses, plates, uh, napkins, that sort of thing for fancy events weddings and things during the spring and especially during south by southwest here in austin texas is a bitch it's something let me tell you it's uh who i am getting my steps in according to what, what my watch is telling me my watch is telling me i'm hitting uh 10,000 steps like before seven which is uh, is good i guess i i don't know where hi everybody i'm John, uh, this is still sober with John Rabin, and it's me. Uh, this is oh, episode one ninety three. Hello. So yeah, it's been it's been something, and I, I and I really don't know. I'm, I'm going to have to look up why a, a certain steps equals something because it. Because it's like, oh, you take this many steps. Yeah, but uh, but not all steps are equal, right? Like, like if I'm doing shuff- if I'm shuffling my feet for some reason, or if I'm uh, you know striding, if I'm taking long. Let's take let's let's say I'm 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 walking with you know a purpose versus strolling. Are those equal? Does that equal a certain? kind of health benefit just steps in general i don't i don't know but i i i the setting on my watch i went let's go ten thousand. that sounds good i guess like i did absolutely no research on this i didn't do any research on this before i started talking about it i just realized that my fucking watch hit 10,000 steps and it was like, oh, it's not even seven. Great. That it's, it's more of an indicator of how busy I was at work than a health benefit at this point. It's more of a, man, I got my ass kicked according to my watch. So, yeah. I hope you're doing well. If you're a sober person, I hope you're staying sober. If you're not a sober person, I hope you're staying sane. Uh, let me say this. I always end up saying this at the end, but let me say this now. Uh, stillsoberpod at gmail.com for all uh, questions, comments that are positive to neutral. Mm. So I wanted to just jump in. Well, before I jump into the, the, the main thing that happened to me this weekend that I that I found kind of interesting is um, I didn't know that I thought maybe it was like I don't know I thought it was some some sort of uh, old authority figure probably on death's door somebody older than my parents is the one sta- standing in between um, you know keeping uh, naloxone, the uh, opioid overdose reversal drug from being more readily available, specifically for being, you know, not that there's not a version of it that's over the counter. 
I figured it was it was a, a, a an old man who was like, no, the kids will use it to get high uh, because that just you know it's a drug. It, get, it can get abused. Where's my whiskey or whatever? I just I that's just what I assumed. But apparently, I've been reading about it. It's because they're they're um the companies uh, Acorn Inc. Adamas Pharmaceuticals Comp- Corporation, Kaleo, which previously made an injectable form of naloxone. Uh, and, of course, our good friends at Pfizer, who have all of our uh, health and well-being in, in, in mind and their priority, right? <laughs> right. Uh yeah, they haven't done anything because the manufacturers actually claim that naloxone is not safe for over-the-counter status. Uh, even though, and I'm quoting here from the uh, uh, article, um, even though the American Pharmacists Association House of Delegates, I didn't know that was a thing, but guess what? It is. Um, adopted policies last year to support expanding the availability of naloxone as both a prescription and non-prescription medication. Yeah, it's as we have tried everything we can, but manufacturers need more than the nation's physicians' encouragement. They need your specific urging and advocacy to remove the prescription uh, status of naloxone. Dr. Madara wrote to Dr. Gupta. All right. They need somebody to to kind of push them along. I guess I guess that's what that uh, whatever. That's fine. That's from the American. That's an article from the uh, American uh, Medical Association. Uh, I didn't realize that they had their own online publication, but they apparently do. So um, interesting that the uh, manufacturers. Um, do you think the manufacturers are keeping it from being an over-the-counter status because they care? Do you think they're concerned about people abusing it, which is not really possible because it binds receptors. It doesn't fuck you up. It doesn't get you high. Like, they don't bring somebody who's overdosed out of an overdose by getting them higher, guys. It's not a fun drug, naloxone. This is not something that people do for kicks behind an alley. They don't go, gee, where can I get me some Narcan? Yo, 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 homie, you got any Narcan? <laughs> Word on the street is Narcan is selling like hotcakes. Uh, oh, boy. So, I don't know. It's going it, to, will it require government action? Well, we're fucked if it does, because there doesn't seem to be any action going on the government, as per usual. But uh, that's interesting. Interesting to know. I, I like to start this podcast off by depressing everybody by going, hey, nothing's changing. Um, but hopefully, you know, hopefully with, a, with some more deaths, maybe it can be a high-profile teenager this time. Um, there'll be some more pressure. I don't know. Maybe when people are waiting for the next uh, COVID variant to hit, we're like, oh, what are we going to do? Hey, let's look into that um, overdose thing that's happening in the country. You know, that's the number one killer of um, adults from their 20s into their 40s. You know that thing? Yeah, maybe we should uh, do something about that, do you think? Uh, I don't know. 
can we make a profit? Maybe. Maybe. Anywho, so let me tell you what. Uh, I went to a, a wedding rehearsal dinner cocktail hour thing on Saturday. And then I went to the wedding on Sunday. And I bring it up because at the wedding, during the reception, I danced to several songs played by the wedding band. Now, this was a wedding band that had multiple singers. It had uh, keyboards, guitar, bass, guitar, drums, and it had a horn section, and they did a lot of covers that uh, were more specific to like 70s and 80s jams. Everything from Super Freak to Footloose. I mean, it was uh, it was fantastic. They were, you know, so so. I mean, there there were so many surprising things about the wedding. Uh, the food was good. Wedding food tends to be kind of disappointing. It tends to be like, well, the cake was good, but uh, I, I picked the chicken. I should have picked the steak. Uh, but the food was great. But the band, the fact that the band was great, was uh, a surprise to me. I'm always like, uh, a band. Sure, you don't want a DJ, but but that's kind of in my like in my head of, and I don't know, maybe that's a that's a prom thing, thinking thinking in terms of in the you know school dances and stuff, always having a band. They're like, no, that makes it real. No, I, you gotta have a DJ. I don't know what the fuck you're doing. Uh, but the wedding band was great. Um, but those of you who know me, you're like. You, Danced? Yes. Yes. For some reason. Well, not for any reason. My wife wanted to dance and I just, I wanted to join them. I was very comfortable. And that's what's amazing is that I got comfortable enough to dance. All right. Let me step, let me step back. Okay. So just to, just to catch people up. If you haven't gone back and listened to, if you're a, a relatively a new listener, and that's fine, you don't have to go back. As, as far as I'm concerned, you just start in the middle. You you start in the most current episode, and you just go with this this podcast. You don't need to go backwards. I think I get better as time has has gone on, or I've gotten worse. And either way. If I'm getting better, you don't want to hear me worse. And if I've gotten worse, you don't want to hear me better because then you'll stop listening to new ones. You see what I'm saying? Why go back to the archive? Anyway, I'm a hell of a promoter. I love to promote myself, clearly. All right, so after I, you know, I got sober, but because I had uh, violated my probation, I went to jail and treatment in custody for six months. And this was uh, starting in September 2012, went through to March or whatever, 2013. I get out and then I go to a sober house while finding a new job, 
all this other stuff. Okay. And slowly but surely, I work into full time at the job. Um, after several months, I end up um, getting a room in somebody's apartment, at, you know, becoming somebody's roommate, you know, for, for a while, then taking over the apartment, et cetera, living a fair, finally getting off probation, um, and so forth. But the thing is, is that from getting out in 2013, it has been a slow, uh, it's a slow burn back into what I would consider to be normal with social gatherings and, and, you know, definitely heavy social anxiety, right? But a lot of it was just, I think, being at the age that I was in, that, that I was, just and just being tired of just having a low tolerance of social gatherings with noise and not so much the drinking, but the way people act when they're drunk. So it's like, it's almost like using the, the drinking as an excuse. Like, well, I can't be around this drinking. It's not really true. It's like, I can't be around these drunk people. They, they're fucking annoying. So the thing about that is, is that so, so it's always been kind of a, I pace a lot. I, you know, can't wait to get home. I just, I would rather just be by myself. That was kind of the mindset at first. And it was for a while. And it kind of opened up. I opened up a little bit, got back out there, you know, started doing comedy again, started trying to figure out how to do stand up comedy completely sober, um, how to kind of interact without being way too honest about everything. Hi, how you doing? I used to do heroin. It's, it's not a great opener. You know, I haven't even said my name yet. It's not good, right? So you just kind of start opening up slowly, slowly, you know, and you get, you get better over time. And I got better over time. But the deal is, I've always thought about weddings in the same way that I think about karaoke, which is you can't do them sober. Who the fuck does karaoke sober? That was my my thinking, right? Um, I'm still on the fence about that, but that's that's fine. Um, but the whole, you know, how do you enjoy a wedding sober? After a while, it's like this is ugh. <coughs> excuse me. It's just one of those things that you just like. I don't think that that's a thing I could do. I just, I'd never, it didn't occur to me that you could get to a place where everybody at the wedding, there's no, there's nobody that's, uh, makes you uncomfortable. There's no over the top when everybody at the wedding and the wedding reception, everyone's cool. Everyone's easy to talk to. And you're comfortable at a, a, a point where just because the band plays Don't Stop Believing by Journey, and you've heard that song way too much. But in the moment, people are enjoying singing along and you're like, fuck it. Yeah, why not? This song again. You know, it's it doesn't matter that 
there are going to be tunes. It's not. It doesn't matter that they play "Sweet Caroline" by instead of a, a Neil Diamond song that you like. Like I've got twenty three other Neil Diamond songs I'd rather hear than this, but you know what? It doesn't matter. I'm having a good time. I can, I can lose the bullshit elitism and just enjoy myself, right? <laughs> but that's that's what was surprising about the thing was getting to a point where I, I there was an activity because I used to, you know, I used to swing dance. I used to two step and stuff like old school honky tonks here in Austin. And there, you know, it just was tied to bar life kind of scenario. So the idea of dancing, I'm like, I'd have to be comfortable enough to actually do do any of this. But, uh, but I did. And it was, it, that's what was fascinating to me. It was, no, I'm not going to lie. I dosed myself with CBD before I left for the wedding. You know, I definitely, that definitely, I started relaxed. And maybe that's what it's going to take for when I know that there's a, a, a gathering that I'm going to. There's going to be a lot of people. You know, there may be chaos around you and noise. Don't forget the noise, John. You know, yeah, you may, I may need a little bit of help at the beginning, but I mean, that was, I mean, that was like at three and we're talking about the dance, you know, about dancing. We're talking about music starting at, you know, three, four hours later. So it's not like I was, you know, it's not like CBD makes me just go, Hey, I'm, you know, out of body experienced. It's, they're not psychedelics, man. It's just, it takes, it takes a little bit of the edge off, but you start in a good position. But it's just, it, it, that was such a big deal for me because it kind of shows, the, uh, it, it showed two things. Number one, it showed how much progress I've made over, you know, I'm coming up 10 years sober this September. So over 10 years, it's amazing where, that I've come to this, this point. But it's also amazing to, to go, oh shit, okay. If I'm comfortable enough, and you can, you know, when you get comfortable enough that you can just let go and actually enjoy yourself instead of thinking too much, instead of overthinking things, instead of analyzing doing a thing that you're like, ugh, I don't want to do that. And instead, just being comfortable and going, yeah, all right, let me let me actually lose myself and enjoy myself the way the activity is supposed to to, to to be without having to get liquored up or lubricated just enough, you know, oh, take the edge off. Well, I can't take the edge off. It takes the whole thing off. I don't feel like losing my mind. No, thank you. I don't want any wine. Thanks for offering, though. Um. It was a big deal. Even if they were, you know, even if it was ridiculous. I'm sure there are plenty of pictures, and I will not be posting any of them when I see them. I'm sure there are plenty of pictures of me just having a good time. And, uh, and you know, I remember it. And, uh, and even though today at work sucked, I was still on such a high from enjoying myself 
that it didn't matter. I'm like, man, that was fun. Yeah, that it didn't matter that it was a Monday. Because Mondays at the warehouse is a pain in the ass, man. Everybody returns all their shit from the weekend. Mondays are not great. Also, side note, right in the middle of the wedding, you know, I was, I had totally lost myself. I had, uh, on Saturday night, I had the father of the groom and I ended up talking most of that, that whole cocktail hour thing where I'm just having a, I'm, you know, I drink about, you know, two, two and a half, no, about, about, yeah, two topos. <laughs> and then I had a half a Coke, right? And, uh, but I ended up, uh, me and the, the father of the groom ended up talking about, uh, he's, you know, he's from the Northwest. So we started talking about, so we talked about his Seattle Seahawks at length. And also we discussed um, Cold War history with Russia at length, which I know that makes me sound way older than I am. But man, was I, I was like, I am going to hang out with the old people and we're going to talk Russia uh, <laughs> and the Seahawks. Don't forget the Seahawks. We did talk football. But I did not have football on the brain at the wedding. I just relaxed. I'm like, this is, uh, you know, this is not about me. My wife is a bridesmaid. It's her maid of honor got married. So it's like, uh, you know, seeing some people that, that uh, were at my wedding and just having a good time. And that would have been fine. I, you know, I didn't bring up football once until the guy sitting next to me leans over and goes, Tom Brady unretired. And I'm like, fucked. Come on, Tom. Tom Brady announcing that he's going to play football on a Sunday. Dude, everybody's, you do it Monday morning. What's he doing, man? What, what are we doing? Why you got to ruin our, you know, but hey, it was fine. It, it, it kind of opened a window to talk more football, but uh, I didn't start it. You would have think that I brought it up, but I had my phone down. I, I didn't look at my phone once during the whole wedding, just to just to even distract me. So I didn't even know. Which I think, I mean, the fact that I went that whole time without bringing up anything, the biggest news of the weekend, and I wasn't the one to go, hey guys, did you know that Tom Brady blah, 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 is only four years younger than me? Boy, doesn't that make us feel old. Um, but hey, you know, how many steps do you think Tom Brady gets in a day? Not to bring this all back. I don't know. I bet he's not concerned about steps. But he's concerned about like smoothies and I don't know, kale ice cream or whatever the shit. Anyway. So yeah, that's the that's it's crazy. So so when I tell you that uh I danced at a wedding, that's kind of a what the fuck you moment. Not only, by the way, I'm gonna admit this. When the band took a break, they played songs in between. You know, so people were still kind of like, hey, they're playing this cool song in the in between, right? Well, they played the Macarena in between, and I joined in on the Macarena because I hadn't heard it, honestly hadn't heard it in years, and it was funny to me. 
And also I was like, hey, everybody, 1996, let's go. <laughs> I'm like, I was 23 when this song came out. It's burned into my brain. Yeah, I know how to do this. It's been 23 years. I don't remember any of the shit I learned in college, but I remember the fucking Macarena. How sad is that? No, I don't remember trigonometry. Calculus, fuck you. But I got the dance to the Macarena down. And you know what? It was fun. I don't want to hear it again. That's the other thing. The songs that I dance to, I, I don't have to hear them again. It's not like, are these your... Is this something you're going to relive and you want to do more of? No. I'm just saying that I had a good time doing something that I thought that at one point fairly recently I thought would be uh, impossible and lame. But it's not true. So, it's just progress. Little things. If you're not um, dealing with any kind of recovery, it probably sounds ridiculous. But uh, if you are, you know, that that's something, right? All right. <clears throat> Man, I'm having a coughing fit. So I need to get out of here. Thanks for joining me. Still Sober with John Raven. Like I said, stillsoberpod at gmail.com. And we will see you next week. Later. Bye. Gotta get away, gotta get away, gotta get away for the love of the mistake.